Hey guys, I'm Greg. I'm Dave. Welcome to episode number four. Four. Number four, huh? Now we're making a killing. <laughs> hey, we're sorry this one's a few days late, but Dave had to work on Sunday, so this is the quickest time we could get together and make this happen. Uh, just a couple announcements I want to make. Uh, as you know, we may not always bring you the latest in news, but we do try to find stories and news that are relevant relevant pertinent and maybe something you haven't heard about or maybe present it in a way you haven't thought about if you've got similar passions and beliefs as us uh, but mostly some mad tech skills uh, and you're dying to put them to use then hey let us know and you can reach out to us at the greg and dave show at outlook.com so that's the greg and the letter n dave show at outlook.com or if you just have questions for us, uh, hit us up at that address also. All right, some quick headlines. And these are headlines only. We don't get into the stories behind it. All right, the first one. Putin moves to incorporate four Ukrainian regions into Russia Federation. Biden admin quietly makes reversal on student loan forgiveness program. Scales back eligibility. So he kind of knew. You didn't hear about that. You didn't hear about I that. I did not. Yeah. <laughs> well, you weren't supposed to hear about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Good point. <right>? Yeah. <laughs> uh, CDC expects U.S. monkeypox to decline or plateau over the next four weeks. I don't know, but we'll see. Now this one, this one, I might have been worth investigating, but here it is: FDA withholding autopsy reports on people who died after getting COVID-19 vaccines. That might be nine hundred interesting and thirty-three athletes was the last number I saw. Complications, sudden death, and then another six hundred on top of that had um, myocarditis, blood clot issues, and just this week or last week, college girl got her vaccine because um, the school told her that if she didn't take it she couldn't play on the team she died literally one day later oh man yeah that is sick and you know i mean seriously if you're still struggling on whether or not the media is biased just imagine if trump was in office what the media would be saying about this vaccine oh boy yep for those out there that are listening this is not attempt to scare you but just be aware I've had friends and family felt that they made the best decision based on what they knew and I'm like well I'll tell you this if you've done this with uh, the best intentions where that ends God's grace kicks in and uh, that's all it is it's a terrible thing that they did but um God is able. That's right. And if if you listen to other conservatives, you probably heard about Dan Bongino making uh, that. He made that decision to get the vaccine, and he's regretted it ever since because he felt that he made it out of fear rather than faith. Um, but given his health and situation, it's kind of you kind of understand why he came to that conclusion. All right. Um, one of the things I want to hit on real quick that you probably already know about is the Republicans uh, commitment to America kind of like back in the 90s I think it was where uh, contract with America yep on a new Gingrich so let's just go over these just so you know uh, what they're saying what they're promising so that we can hold them accountable to it let's see uh, promising to fight for a strong economy a safe nation a future built on freedom and a government accountable to its people. Fight inflation and lower the cost of living, curbing wasteful government spending that is raising the price of groceries, gas, cars, and housing. I guess I was under the impression that the price of gas was just Biden's war on fossil fuels more than anything. Uh, I feel the same way. As well as increasing take-home pay, creating jobs that pay well, and stabilizing the economy through pro-growth tax and deregulatory policies. Committed to maximize the production of American-made energy, reduce gas prices, strengthen supply chain, and end dependence on China. 
yay. Promise to secure the border, oh, you maybe big yay. Combat illegal immigration, reduce crime. Of course, if they close the border, it'll help reduce crime. <laughs> also save a lot of people from dying from fentanyl. Protect public health safety and defend the United States national security by supporting troops and investing in efficient, this is a quote, in, in efficient, effective military, close quote. So this is, to me, a softly worded, worded, but I hope that means firing Millie and get rid of, him, <laughs> of, of get rid of woke in the military. You know, I mean, people understand the purpose of yeah. the military. It's uh, imagine that the military is a gun. Okay, so what the gun is supposed to do is fire a lethal round, and they've taken the gun, aka the military. And they've watered it down to a water pistol. So we're not very intimidating or very effective uh, after liberals get their hands on the military. Okay, giving parents a say in their children's education, defending fairness in women's sports. That's good. Promised to confront big tech and demand fairness. Help Americans achieve longer, healthier lives. I'm not sure what that's about unless that's to address Biden's cap on pharmaceutical expenditures. Oh, my goodness. Uh, all right. Promise to uphold free speech, protect the lives of both unborn children and pregnant mothers, to protect religious freedom and the Second Amendment. Let's see. Holding Washington accountable which they say includes conducting, quote, rigorous oversight to reign in government abuse of power and corruption, close quote. Providing transparency to the American people, requiring the White House to answer for its incompetence, saving and strengthening Social Security and Medicare, as well as reducing national debt. Now that's, I don't know what that's going to mean. Those are like soft words to me. <laughs> Because I didn't see anything in there about putting people in jail. You know, that's what I want. I want I want people in jail. I want people in shackles. Oh, back in jail for a start. <laughs> back in jail. But I mean, I mean, I mean I'm talking about the, like uh, Meritless Garland, yeah, like people like him. I want him in jail. Yeah, a lot, a lot of these people need to be under a prison. That's what somewhere. I want. Yeah, I, I'm with you. The, there needs to be accountability. But you know what's funny? I mean, I was listening to you going through those things, and I'm like, if only we had a president that did these things, or at least some of them, you know, like securing the border, um, bringing down the cost of prescription medicine, pro-life, you know, things like that. You know, I, I felt like there might have been at least one person in my lifetime that, <laughs> that tried his best to do these things. But hey... <laughs> Are these unsensible things? Nah. I'm asking you. Are these unsensible? Is this something that you would vote against? And what in here is that offends you that you don't want to vote for? And then the other thing, what is the Democrat Party giving you? What are they saying they're going to do? I saw a video uh, over the weekend uh, <laughs> this young lady. And uh, it was like a YouTube short. And she was asking liberals across the country, by a show of hands, let me know if you voted for higher gas gas prices. Let me know if yeah. is this really what you voted for? Yeah. I mean, it it is. Oh my goodness, man. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> it was pretty funny too. All right. Lastly, promise to end special treatment for members of Congress by repealing proxy voting, increase accountability in the election process through voter ID accurate voter rolls and observer access does anybody out there have a problem with voter id yeah, i mean if you if you go to get on an airplane or you, what do they ask for they ask for your id i mean what are some other things that you have to present your id buy beer buy <laughs> yeah buy alcohol i mean cigarettes cigarettes do you guys fuss when that happens? Do you pitch a fit? <laughs> you go to the ballpark to watch a game. They're going to make sure that you are the person on the ticket. So yeah. I don't, I don't know what's wrong with that. You know, I, I have a, 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 a bit of a, 
maybe a little bit of an issue with this commitment to America from this perspective. The Republican Party typically allows things to get out of control to a certain point and then present themselves, y'all need to vote for us so we can fix it. Um, and strangely enough, I was reading today that uh, I think Kevin McCarthy is a guy that's really championing this. And um, a lot of people aren't too sold on him. They're, they're of the view that he's part of the problem. With the typical uh, set your house on fire and then show up with the fire hose type of thing. Um, yeah, I think under um, <clears throat> previous leadership, he has been this way. And he might have stayed this way, but because of us, the people, electing more hardcore conservative yep. leadership that he is sensing that if he wants to stay, if he wants any kind of power, that this is the direction he's going to move. And, yeah, I'd like to have somebody that's just hardcore from the beginning in there. Yep. But if this is what it takes, then let's, you know, he's not going to vote against it because he knows he's going to lose. Yeah. And I, this is the thing, though. You see, I, I think they've played their hands, some of them. And those that have been there forever, the McConnell, like Snitch the, McConnell, yeah, right, he's got to go. Um, I think they have played their hand, and I don't think the people are going to be fooled by them anymore. And I think that they're making a mistake if they think that they're going to by proxy get people's support. As long as there is an option for any of their positions, any of their seats in Congress or in the Senate. And that person is Trump endorsed, they're gone. <laughs> they are gone. Because they've been on the wrong side of, of several things too many times. Um, the country is too far down the road now to think that they'll they'll change at this point after 30, 40 plus years yeah. in office. I so. agree with you. I think uh, Kevin McCarthy is not the best candidate, but I think he will uh, vote with us because of the push. I think Rand Paul would be another one that is oh, that's not my boy, man. <laughs> I mean, he's doing a great job now, but you know, he he wasn't this from the core. Yeah. He only became this way because when Trump came along, and all the Republicans saw the popularity that was behind Trump, they realized that they need to get on that bandwagon. So I know there's some in there that aren't uh, strong constitutionalists, but we got to deal with what we got. The one dinosaur is that Snitch McConnell. He's got to go. Yeah, I think the Republican Party has not had strong leadership since Reagan. Mm. And you've had these people just floundering, doing what they need to do to get by, bending over backwards for the Democrats, trying to be the principled ones oh we're not going to be that party you know we're we're not ladies and gentlemen i must sincerely apologize for the remaining segment we had to stop and talk about something and because i wanted to show dave something that i had to unplug the mic so that you could hear the sound but i forgot to plug the mic back in so you're going to hear this nasty audio from the without the mic being there so i do apologize all right the next one is federal research on manipulating brains and rewriting dna should worry us all this is from the federalists by joe allen september 29th 2022 this one was pretty trippy. Um, I'm just going to read through it here because the guy did a great job writing it up. And you can look at the article yourself in the show notes. The U.S. government is pouring billions of dollars into understanding genetics and the human brain and how to manipulate those systems. The future of evolution is now in our hands, or rather the godlike power to alter biology rests in a few scientists' hands. And we're all going to pay for it in one way or another. The U.S. government is pouring billions of dollars into understanding genetics and the human brain and most consequentially, consequentially 
how to manipulate those systems. Last week, the National Institute of Health, NIH, launched its BRAIN, an acronym called BRAIN 2.0, and it stands for Brain Research Through Advancing Innovative Neurotechnology. Ramping up an existing program started eight years ago, comparable to the Human Genome Project in scope and scale, Brain 2.0 grants $600 million. Well, that doesn't seem like very much right there. $600 million. That's nothing for the government, right? All right. $600 million to fully map our 86 billion neurons and their uncounted connections. The project is expected to reach a grand total cost of $5 billion by 2026. That makes more sense there. But really, I mean... It, how do they know there's 86 billion neurons? How, how do you count neurons? I'm just curious. Anyway. In theory, once scientists have created this detailed brain atlas in silico, S-I-L-I-C-O, they can directly alter neural functioning using digital devices. The, brain, the director of the Brain Initiative, John Ngai, exhibits... A troubling fixation on this method. I actually looked up how to say his name. Uh, and it's Ngai. Ricky. Yeah. Uh. N-G-A-I is Ngai. Ngai. In a recent interview with Stat News, Ngai noted two concrete results of his current neural mapping efforts. One is an advanced brain-computer interface implanted last year at the University of California, San Francisco, that allows for astounding thought-to-text communications. The other is a major breakthrough in deep brain simulation at Baylor University, where electrodes are implanted to alter mood and behavior, relieving depression and obsessive-compulsive disorder. So this is how it's going to be sold. We found a cure for PTSD and all this other stuff. And, oh, how can you be against that? And guys, cyborg obsession is shared by his close government partner, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, a.k.a. DARPA, where man-computer symbiosis has been a long-standing paradigm. The Defense Agency's involvement in the Brain Initiative is open and well-documented. However, beyond the NIH's declared mission to heal, our top military minds also have a deep interest in human enhancement. Mm. You know. That's crazy. Let me just no, jump I don't in know. <laughs> and you don't either. <laughs> so you're reading this, right? Yeah. And about, where are we in? 2022? About somewhere between seven and... Ten years ago, DARPA had a military initiative along this line, right? And they they hit a wall that they couldn't get past, which was... So what they were trying to do was for um, robotic limbs, putting skin on there. The issue they were having was they couldn't get the brain to communicate with the synthetic skin. And it brought them to a complete halt because they wanted to sense, feel, um, have sense of feeling, temperature, and they could not simulate that in their synthetic skin. And they never let it go. It, I mean, it shut their program to a complete halt um, when that happened. So as you're reading that, there, I'm thinking DAPA has to be involved in this. And sure enough. <laughs> that sounds... Just like a movie called Replicas with Keanu Reeves in it. He plays this doctor and his family dies in some horrible, tragic, natural disaster. And he ends up bringing them back to life. But anyway, the problem that they were having is just like you just said, where the brain wasn't able to communicate with certain parts of the body. It wasn't able to say, Replica, go check it out. It's... It's not a big budget blockbuster, but it's it's interesting. But you were saying that eight or nine years ago, but this actually, here it says right here, DARPA has been a pioneer in brain-machine interface technology since the 1970s. But we began investing heavily in the year 
early year in the early 2000s boasted Justin Sanchez, the director of DARPA's Biological Technologies Office. We've laid the groundwork for a future in which advanced brain interface technologies will transform how people live and work in more ways than one, I bet. This transformation involves neural implants to an extent, but also non-invasive devices such as wearable neural bands or skull caps. Imagine what will become possible when we upgrade our tools to really open the channel between the human brain and modern electronics, said DARPA program manager Philip Avelda, who, it might be Alveda, I didn't look this one up, <laughs> whose goals include bridging the bioelectronic divide and developing a high-resolution implantable neural interface. Yeah, that's a big If successful, the Atlas created by Brain 2.0 will be crucial, a crucial bridge across this bioelectronic divide. The neural territory will be mapped and ready to conquer. This mad quest to alter basic biology extends all the way down to the genome. Two weeks ago, the White House announced that $2 billion will go to reshaping life as we know it by way of the National Biotechnology and Biomanufacturing Initiative. And here's a quote. We need to develop genetic engineering technologies and techniques. The executive order reads to be able to write circuitry for cells and predictability program biology in the same way in which we write software and program computers. Close quote. Now, does anybody, did anybody hear what I just said? That that's they want to be able to program the human like they program software. That's Freaky, scary. Yeah. That, that that that's the hump they couldn't cross. There was, and I don't want to say because I'm not quite sure, but there was a, I think it might have been Biden that said it, where that they should be able to put this type of, I guess, capability into a person via an injection. Uh, vaccine oh, yeah. or serum I think it says sort. something about this in here. Um, let's see. Another $1 billion will go toward creating uh, the Advanced Research Projects Agency for Health, which is ARPA-H, with a full $6.5 billion requested for its high-risk, high-reward projects. Last Wednesday, the news agency inaugural director, Renee... Van Goshen. Sounds right. It's it's weird. I really had to look it up because <laughs> it's spelled W E G R Z Y. German. Yeah. Yeah. It's pronounced Van Goshen. Uh, reminded her colleagues that humans now have the ability to alter DNA at will. Mm. But because gene editing technologies such, such as CRISPR, C R I S P R have become so inexpensive and widespread, she warned, the secrets of accidental pathogens or intentional bioweapons pose a grave threat to humankind. Quote, We're ushering in the century of engineering biology, Van Goshen declared with a weird fake smile. Whether it's through gene editing or it's through engineering of living medicines that will be in our gut or in soil to promote fertilization and growth, and here's the big one, especially as we face challenges like climate change. What's the connection, man? <laughs> Gets me every time. There's your red flag. <laughs> I guess. What else does this century of engineered biology hold in store? According to Van Goshen, a former DARPA program manager, this revolution will lead to human-machine convergence. And the creation of Human 2.0. The singularity. Yes. These are things that are somewhere on the horizon, she told the Long Now Foundation in 2017, that genome engineering and gene editing will be a part of. So how do we make sure we can pursue this future in a safe manner? Taking up the transhumanist torch? Van Goshen's lauded defensive enhancement citing the example of mass vaccination to enhance our immune systems, our immune systems. She also addressed offensive enhancements such as improvements in human performance and cognitive state. 
It's evolution on steroids, she said flippantly. Now in our control, with a strange chuckle, she assured the audience that we're suddenly on the defensive side. If that's the case, her DARPA projects were outliers at the agency. Thinking about that culture of radical enhancement partnered with the vaccine crazy NIH, it's easy to imagine a dark future of increasingly unhinged, safe and effective campaigns. The creation of ARPA-H appears to be an unofficial, excuse me, appears to be an official marriage of the military of the military industrial complex to the biomedical establishment with Brain 2.0 standing by the altar like a ring-bearing stepchild. Various skeptics, myself included, says the author, call this federally funded transhumanism for good reason. The, the resonance is obvious. In his letter to Mother Nature, penned in 1999, the OG transhumanist Max Moore declared humanity's freedom from our natural inheritance. You know what he means by that, right? He's getting ready to tell us. <laughs> Through genetic alterations, cellular manipulations, synthetic organs, and any necessary means, we will endow ourselves with enduring vitality and remove our expiration date. Not content with that, we will seek complete choice of our bodily form and function, refining and augmenting our physical and intellectual capabilities beyond any human in history. While we pursue mastery of our own biochemistry, we will increasingly integrate our advancing technology into ourselves. That's creepy. Go back up like three or four lines where he said we'll free ourselves. Mm -hmm. Right? What do you say? Read that again. Though genetic alterations, cellular, man cellular manipulations, synthetic organs, and any necessary means, we will endow ourselves with enduring vitality and remove our expiration date. So we're not going to die. Okay, that's one that they, that they seem to be saying right there. But not content with that, we will seek complete choice of our bodily form and function. So that's like a transhuman right there, so... They get, to choose, they get to manipulate their bodies in a more advanced ways. Let me read something that you really can do a mic drop on. There's really no commentary needed. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed saying. Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. Wow. <laughs> Let us break these shackles that restrict us, that hold us back, that, that keep us from reaching our potential. We need to break ourselves free of that. I mean... That's heavy. <laughs> Psalm 2. Man. Where is that from? Psalm 2. Psalm, Psalm 2. 2. Yeah. Wow. Yep. We've entered a bizarre era where sculpting human brains and bodies and the underlying genes may soon be as commonplace as nose jobs and genetically modified tomatoes are today. The crucial decision to move from healing to enhancement is just over the horizon, and your tax dollars are laying the foundation. Today, it's selective abortions and smartphone symbiosis. Tomorrow, it will be designer babies and wearable brain-computer interfaces. To their credit, both Rene Vangershen and John Nagai have said we need public debates about how far we go with these technologies. Up till now, all we've seen are trans children cringy metaverse ads and vaccine mandates maybe you're enthusiastic about our transhuman trajectory or maybe like me you're appalled by the hubris behind it my purpose here is not to convince you of which position to take what's important is that you're thinking about where we're at right now and where these efforts to rewrite dna 
and irradiate brains are going to the extent our voices are heard. We have to insist on making our own plans for the future because regardless of our opinions, reckless technocrats are busy making those plans for us. Um, so the reason that we wanted to read that is because that's just bizarre straight up, straight out of the gate. That's just bizarre and amazing that that technology is available. But as I tried to point out, these two individuals are so far left. This this doctor, the guy, he is a university professor at Berkeley. All right, so as brilliant as they are, they're far left. So they're going to, I mean, it's interesting that they want to have a debate about it, but I don't know how much of a debate it'll be when it comes to DARPA getting involved or the military getting involved. But anyway... That's something to think about and chew on. Uh, let's see. Man released after running over teen deemed a Republican extremist. Now, this one's a little bit old. If you're watching, I'm going to post the... Uh, you're going to see the man that did run him over, and you're going to see the teen that got run over. And it's a pretty handsome dude. And if a Republican ran over a Democrat... I think it would be a lot worse than the oh, news. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's always that way. This dude shut up a baseball game a couple of years ago, right? You remember that? Uh, the Congress Congress um, annual baseball game and Steve Scalise I've, got shot. I guess I don't remember it, but go yeah. ahead. Yeah. Uh, he was upset with these Republican politicians, went to a baseball game with a rifle, open fire. <laughs> uh, this article is from the Daily Beast. It's uh, by Barbie Latza Nadu. Uh, let's see. Published September 22, 2022. A North Dakota man who admitted to running over and killing a teenager says he did it because he thought the teen was part of a Republican extremist group that was out to get him according to court documents. Since we're short on time, I'm just going to hit the highlights on this, okay? Um... He he gets released on fifty thousand dollars bail. Right. A day or two later. Yeah, a day or two later, he gets released on fifty thousand dollars bail. The, the, the article is in the show notes, so you can get into more depth if you like. I don't know what to say. It's just frustrating because it's it's we're at a place in history, not a, in history, but we're at a place in our lives in our country where it's so blatantly obvious that there's two justice systems one for the democrat party and one for others the thing about this that really struck a chord with me was his response he was interviewed and he genuinely had no idea and felt that he shouldn't have been arrested he said i have a family I have a job, I have a house that I need to take care of. I can't be in here. That was his response. And when you encourage and entice and, and reward this kind of behavior, this is what happens. It's like that 84-year-old woman that got shot, the pro-life lady. That's coming up too. And the guy thinks he was doing a good service because these are dangerous People, these conservative, Christian, pro-life people, they are a threat to humanity. I mean, and these people think that they are executing righteousness when they do these things. Incredible. And, and again, if it was reversed and Trump made a speech that said the exact same words that Biden said about MAGA Republicans being extremists, and then people started dying, you know the news media would be freaking out. So please take your head out of CNN's ass and wake up. I will say this, because this needs to be said. The teen's public, uh, publicly available Facebook profile shows he was studying to be an ultrasound tech after graduating from high school just a few months ago. So this young teen, his life was snuffed out by a loser and you're okay with that well i know our audience isn't okay with it but 
if you're a leftist, how can how can you be okay with that? Are, are you saying that yeah, that's a good thing, or yeah, that was fair, or what? That that is what makes these people dangerous, Greg. These people think they are doing good work. They genuinely believe that they are acting in the name of what is right when they do these things. Yeah. Yeah, so here's that quote I was just talking about. President Joe Biden attacked Trump supporters during a recent Philadelphia speech saying, quote, Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundation of our people, of our republic, close quote. So right there is his extremist talk, and then you have these, um, someone with a different political opinion being mowed down. It's disgusting. Let's see. All right. This was the, this is the 84-year-old woman shot handing out pro-life literature in Michigan. This is from Breitbart, Paul Boyce, September 26, 2022. A man in Michigan allegedly shot an 84-year-old woman as she was handing out pro-life literature about an abortion ballot proposal. All right, number one. What man shoots an 84-year-old woman? Can you just wrap your head around that for a second? Regardless of her beliefs, who shoots an 84-year-old woman? Insane. In a press release on Saturday, Right to Life Michigan said that the woman was shot in the back slash shoulder while leaving a residence during a heated conversation and that the man who shot her was not a part of her conversation. The shooting allegedly occurred last Tuesday. The victim does not know the identity or motive of her shooter. The victim is still recovering from her gunshot wound and wishes to remain anonymous. Well, thank God. What a tough old lady. Take a shot and keep moving. Ah. <laughs> Uh, okay, anyway, I don't want to get into this. This is just frustrating. I mean, like I said at the very beginning, who shoots an 84-year-old woman? Who does that? Yeah, these people are dangerous, man. There's, there's no other way to slice it. These are dangerous people. So, yeah, again, this is in the show notes. You can dive deep into it and look at it. It's worth a read, but... I'm just getting really hot. It's an and bothered. upsetting read. It's a very it upsetting is. read. And I'm getting yeah. hot and bothered with the first sentence who's shooting an 84 year old woman. That just totally got me. Anyway. Okay, this next one is Michelle Tandler. I hope I'm saying that right. This is from Thread Reader app, September 28, 2022. I'm going to try not to read all this, but the reason I do want to dive into this is because uh, Dave brought this to my attention, that we were always asking ourselves, what is the thinking of these young people? Like, what, where are they coming from? What world are they living in to be thinking and doing what they do and what they think? And this actually uh, answers some of that. So, Michelle Tandler, this is, uh, I guess, some tweets that she had. Anyway... 90 this is her just everything in here is her speaking 95% of my social world defines as democrat family friends colleagues people i meet socially virtually all dems recently i've been wondering if i believe partisanship is one of our biggest issues would it be righteous to switch sides to play devil's advocate and basically every single conversation that turns politics there is no dissent there is no debate there is no other side at the table it's just everybody agreeing with one another which is what they accuse us so it's actually answering no weighing of trade-offs or the laws of unintended consequences which is an excellent point because they don't think ahead there is no critique of past decisions or policy bingo boy that's another huge one nobody apologizes for the garbage that they leave in their wake just agreement and finger pointing. I've been asking my friends that they, I've been asking my friends what they do to educate themselves on contrarian viewpoints. The answer, 
Did you hear that? Exactly. That was the answer. Nothing. And we, we touched on this early on about intellectual laziness. Nobody I know has read Thomas Sowell. Oh, man. That guy. That's a treasure right there. That man. sure is. Um, last week, I asked three well-read friends if they perceived there to be any risks associated with the COVID vaccine. Their response? I haven't heard of anything. Not one had read a single thing about risks, clots, myocarditis, etc. To them, it's a right-wing conspiracy. When I share this, the books, the looks I get, they are of shock, followed by disdain and judgment. You shine the light on them. They are like so. Here's here's a quote from one of her friends to scribing Republicans, and this is her knowledge base of Republicans. They are like people out there who like work on farms and vote Republican. And then the people with her, sitting around her, this is what one of my beautiful blonde friends said. Everybody widened their eyes and nodded. That's it. Republicans were few and far between. People were in shock. Why did nobody tell me this? Why did nobody tell me that more government isn't always the solution? Why didn't anybody tell me that many conservatives are, many conservatives care deeply about providing a safety net? Or that many people believe that free market takes the most people out of suffering at the lowest cost? Why was this outlook missing from my entire world in San Francisco? All my teachers, all my friends, Everybody around me was ultra-liberal. Growing, growing up at nice, lefty, wildly expensive private schools, I learned history as a series of progressive triumphs over conservative intolerance. This is what your kids are learning. It made me happy to know that it made me happy to know that I was that was how the world unfolded and it made me happy to know I'd be on the righteous side. Secular liberal Americans like me are taught a very beautiful and simple myth. Every progressive program that has failed or caused suffering didn't do so because of some flaw in the plan. It failed because of forces on the wrong side of history. This is indeed the way I perceive my childhood education. I took a year-long course on Western civilization. I memorized the dates of hundreds of paintings and musical clips from dozens of symphonies. I did not learn about what happened in Soviet Russia. So yes, I could tell the difference between Beethoven's 7th and ninth by listening to a 10-second clip. But I had no idea that 100 million people died by either starvation or being worked to death by the communist government of the USSR. She, find, she found it increasingly hard to find an intellectual community that fed my soul. I was sick of hearing everybody rail on the Republicans at virtually every dinner I attended with not a single lone dissent in the room. They're always talking about being open. They're always talking about being... Well, you know, they blame you for what they promised. Uh, we said that was... Well, we talked about that in episode one. We sure did. They are the furthest thing from open-minded. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah you said they are the yeah. exact opposite of a liberal, actually. Yeah. I want to engage in honest intellectual debate about policy decisions with people who are well-read and open-minded. 
And then when she says open mind, she's not saying uh, liberal. She's actually talking about somebody that is open to having a discussion that may not be in agreement yep. with yourself, but having it anyway. And she goes on, but you can, again, see this link for this in the show notes. Um, but this, this is a good read uh, because it does help you see the complete indoctrination of people on the left coast in Berkeley and other liberal institutions that are now basically Marxist institutions. I mean, it's just, it's kind of been this way for a while, but I think that it's getting worse. The the intolerance is yeah, getting worse. That, that tactic is something that has been employed for as long as time existed. This hermetic ceiling of ideas from ideas that are different. Um so as to protect the fragility of these crazy meritless ideas from from any sort of scrutiny that it can stand up to and it, it it's really a survival tactic you know uh, from a, when you look at people in religious cults um the, one of the things that the leaders tell them is don't speak to people that are outside because it, it, it's because that conversation, you know, would present a situation that they can't account for. That's going to bring, you know, everything they've, they've uh, been told, everything they've accepted into scrutiny and uh, is going to be a problem. So. Yes, sir. But it does kind of help us see the San Francisco is like a little uh, communism bubble that is the left's paradise for an intent for the whole country is that here you have these kids I think you've mentioned this before that, that they're taking public transit they don't own anything they don't have any value in anything so they're being lost at an early state and that's the, the, that's the, the intent that's the purpose and I feel for California <clears throat> I think it was last last year or might have been I think it was with the last presidential election. I did not realize that California as a state was as conservative as it is. You wouldn't believe it. Like it's, it was, I was like, wow, there are three cities. Yeah, that's true. That took the entire state. Yeah. San Francisco, Los Angeles, um, Oakland. Oakland. Yeah. A distant third, but those two, San Francisco and Los Angeles, those two cities dictate where the government of the entire state goes. Yeah, because you have Hollywood, so you're big donors. Yep. And when you're Hollywood, you're rich, so you don't feel any pain. So you want me to uh, buy electric cars? Okay, I'll take 10 of them. You know, I mean. And the people that live in the city, that makes sense. To have an electric car. I mean, everything is within a gridlock um, block infrastructure. Why not? Yep. All right, this one. This is... <laughs> I like this one, okay? Couple finds military-grade weapons through the mail. This is from KTRK staff, Houston, Texas, September 26, 2022. I went to that site to buy some crates just like what they bought. When I saw that. I thought it was shut down, didn't it? <laughs> I couldn't find it. Yeah, because the ATF got involved. Uh, a, Houston couple, a Houston couple got more than they bargained for after buying a storage case online. The couple, who did not want to be identified, thought they were buying 100 empty gun storage cases for from a military surplus website to resell on eBay. It sounds harmless enough. It's just a case. Everybody can buy it online, one of them said. But when a friend cracked open one of the cases, they found it was far from empty. The couple found at least a dozen fully automatic M16s designed strictly <laughs> for military use. First of all, I don't know what that means. Uh, 
strictly for military use. If it's a full automatic M16, it's it. That's like saying the same thing twice. Yeah. Full automatic M16. You don't have to say for military use because you can't. A civilian can't get. Not supposed to be able to get a full automatic. So, okay. So not sure what to do. They reported it to authorities. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'll be straight up with you. <laughs> I would really struggle with calling the authorities on this one. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I'm just totally blown away that this is even possible and this could even happen. And it, it wasn't just one case. <clears throat> there were several cases that were full with these, <laughs> these guns. I don't know, Greg. Uh. Anyway, so within hours... The ATF uh, and explosives, the ATF, they seized the single box, but they quickly got a search warrant for the storage unit containing 100 more. And quote-unquote experts were shocked by what they found. And this is a quote. It's almost surreal to believe something like that happened, that something like that can happen nowadays. It's incredible, said retired Houston police captain and former Marine Greg Fremen. It's unbelievable to think weapons of that grade, military grade weapons, would be shipped in containers, would be shipped across state lines, and somebody have access to that. It's pretty shocking. But what's shocking is, I thought that, that shipping companies had some kind of... You know, do, do, you, do you go... Um, well, that's a lot of guns in this container... I mean, don't they don't they still X-ray this stuff? They do. I have a friend that works for a shipping company, and they absolutely check what's in the cargo. So, how does that work? I mean, how do you get that through? Um, Freeman says the military carefully tracks all its weapons because any misplaced weapons can be extremely dangerous. You know. Yeah. So that that's like. <laughs> I mean, because that didn't. Work. Oh yeah, we're very careful. Well, I guess they're not careful enough, are they? Yeah. For these boxes, a quote, for these boxes to have M16s in them and being shipped to a public destination, not only is it shocking, it's a federal crime. You know what? I think they were on route to Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> the ATF confirms it is investigating along with the FBI, but did not say how many weapons have been recovered so far. Well, I feel so much better because the ATF... And the FBI, Just two, two wonderful, upstanding institutions <laughs> are working together. You can go to bed oh, safe. Oh, yeah. You know? The military surplus website says it pulled other gun cases for sale offline. This is why you couldn't get it. After and notified the Department of Defense. First of all, if you have... Who has the phone number to the Department of Defense? Defense? You know, if you come across all this stuff, you just is that on your speed dial? No. It's How do you get not. the Department of Defense phone number? It was a quick call. I mean, that's just weird. Yeah. All right. Meanwhile, the couple said they just want the weapons out of their hands. And they'd like to go back to their small business. What if this was? Okay. Here's here's the one thing that 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 popped into my head. Knowing the tactics of the of the corrupt bi. Uh, what if this was an attempted setup? So what if this was actually intentional so that the corrupt BI could say, you know, if it got shipped to some MAGA Republicans, see, look, they're arming themselves. They're, I won't argue with you. They're building up a weapons cache. I won't argue with you. They're dangerous. That's Now that's what I think. Is quite quite possible, and would be one of the things that would probably make you want to call, call it in because they're just they're wanting you to not say anything so that they can say, "Yeah, oh, we got a random report here about this place." So blah blah blah. All right, last one here. Federal Reserve announces major pilot exercise. For ESG social credit score system. This is from Dossier. That's how you say that, right? Yeah. September 29, 2022 by Jordan Schachter. I like that. Schachter. 
right, the Federal Reserve has taken a major step in the direction of facilitating an ESG-compliant monetary network that effectively acts as a parallel system to that of the Chinese Communist Party's infamous social credit scoring. So if you didn't understand what, just, what I just said, going from physical dollar to digital dollar, the government, that our government wants to do is what the Chinese government has already set up so that they can manipulate what kind of spending you can do based on your social score, which means your cooperation, your... You're a good citizen. Yeah. Um, so you it's recycle. An, it's another. Um, it's a. It's another tactic to get you to think and behave a certain way. Control. Control. Exactly. Six of the nation's largest banks will participate in a pilot cli a pilot climate scenario analysis exercise designed to enhance the ability of supervisors and firms. To measure and manage climate-related financial risks, scenario analysis in which the resilience of financial institutions is assessed under different hypothetical, hypothetical climate scenarios is an emerging tool to assess climate-related financial risks, and there will be no capital or supervisory implications from the pilot. In other words, the Fed is working with the big banks to monitor their ability to comply with the ruling class's preferred enviro-statist technocratic tyranny. That's well said. The, unaccountab the unaccountable people behind the American mo money printer claim that this exercise is exploratory in nature and does not have capital consequences. Right. Uh, scenario analysis can assist firms and supervisors in understanding how climate-related financial risks may manifest and differ from historical experience. What exactly does this mean? The Fed is clearly leaning into the climate hoax narrative or the pseudoscience idea that humans are catastrophic, catastrophically impacting the climate but not because they somehow care about the environment. The climate narrative is their chief rhetorical facilitator for the ESG, which is environmental, social, and governance movement. ESG acts as a Trojan horse for the continuing centralization of the American financial system. ESG finance popularized by hyper-political asset management behemoths like the devil, oh, I mean, BlackRock and Vanguard, acts to prevent outsiders from challenging the regime-connected insiders on Wall Street and in Washington under the guise of acting to manifest a healthier planet. In other words, pro-ESG institutions are committed to attacking free market principles by means of deception, preferring the CCP style, that's uh, China's Communist Party, stakeholder capitalism, that allows for a small group of technocratic elites to make broad determinations about society. Unsurprisingly, the legacy media has thus far cheered the Fed's plan, which should be a red flag to you whenever the media supports <laughs> something, with the New York Times reporting that it often lagged behind in global peers when it comes to talking about and coming up with a plan for policing risks related to climate change. The ESG green transition frequently popularized by powerful world governments and the Davos elite has served as the main vehicle for this movement, akin to the Chinese social credit score, which is used to coerce businesses and by extension individuals into specific actions ESG rules force individual excuse me ESG rules force individuals and businesses in America to deploy capital through the gatekeepers of the system by considering a range of possible future climate pathways and associated economic and financial development scenarios analysis can assist firms and supervisors in understanding how Climate-related financial risks may manifest and differ from historical experience. Whiskey, tango, 
Foxtrot. The banks involved in this pilot program are Bank of America, Citigroup, Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan and Chase, Stanley, excuse me, J.P. Morgan Chase, Morgan Stanley, and Wells Fargo. Usual suspects. Of course, it's just a scenario, until it's not. The Fed pilot program is set to launch in early 2023. Well, that's going to be it for today, folks. Uh, hopefully, you got a chunk of information, a chunk of news that you can be aware of. I remember when we first started this, we talked about being educated, educating yourself so that when you have a discussion with one of these libs, you know what you're talking about. And if you know what you're talking about, you're less likely to get frustrated like I was getting because I didn't know how to articulate. So hopefully we're helping you with that and making that easier. Let's close with this. Where do you think God is in all of this? Where, what's your anchor? I talked about this in a previous podcast. What's your anchor? What can you do about it? Folks, it's getting so much worse that in order for you to have or find a sense of peace, you need a solid anchor. And for us, that's God. And there's no apology for it. So, and if honestly... God is the only answer, and I, I know some of you may not subscribe to that, and I hope that you'll come back to it before you meet him. But with all that's going on, there's the increasing anger, which is very natural, which is a very understandable byproduct of the continued injustice going on, is this uprising anger that's coming. But in order to have peace in your heart and deal with this insanity is to have a personal relationship with Christ so that you can be at peace. I mean, if you think this is the end and you think nobody's listening, you're not going to vote, nobody cares. People care. And this is the biggest thing. More people care than you think. Because the left has the microphone, it gives you the illusion that this is the thinking of America, and it is not the thinking of America. What do you think? Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. And to add to that, just ever so slightly, whether you agree or whether you believe or not, wherever you stand these people are serious about what they're doing they are not making any bones about what they're working toward and there is no lengths they won't go to and it's difficult to put this into anything resembling sensible uh, to to put this in, in some kind of context there is none there is no worldly context that you can reference to make this make sense. And that's why it's so important to have that anchor in, in, in God's word. It is the only book, it is the only thing that provides you the clarity and, and, and the word all to see these things for what they are. Outside of that, you're going to lose your mind. You lose yeah. your sanity. You lose your mind. You get so frustrated. Yeah. But, yeah, so get your anchor. Hopefully, you can find your anchor in God before you meet God. That would be a good time to do yeah. it, right? <laughs> well, thanks so much for watching. We appreciate your support. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, we are um, getting our... I'm getting a better understanding of how all this works and the technical aspects of it, so... I'm posting this stuff on Rumble, so hopefully you can check that and subscribe on Rumble there. 
If you're listening, subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts uh, to us there. And give us, uh, hopefully you give us a five star. (laughs) Give us your honest feedback, Yeah, but give us your honest feedback. (laughs) And if it's not a five star, send us an email, the Greg and Dave show at outlook.com. And that's the letter N, the Greg N Dave show at outlook.com. And let us know what it would take for you, for us to give you a five star. And maybe we can do it. Or maybe you're too far gone and we can't do it for you. Um, But thanks for watching. Thanks for for supporting us. Tell your friends and family. Take care. Stay safe. And we'll see you next time. Peace.